0: Good Sunday morning, Central Nazarene, and welcome back to my living room. Well, we're in this sermon series called Fear Not. I spelled not with a K. That's how Carla usually tells folks uh, what her name is. She'll say it's Carla with a K. This is not with a K. And you and I all know why I use K and not in this sermon series. It's because fear can tie us up in knots. It twists our emotions. It, it coils our view of the world. It bends our aspiration. It puts a kink in our dreams and our plans. Fear can overtake the best of us. And the Bible is full of stories of regular people who were in fearful situations, people who had legitimate fears. Next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about illegitimate fears. But the Bible is full of stories where God takes those ordinary people with legitimate fears and worries and works in a miraculous and powerful way to enable them to accomplish great and marvelous things. We're going to see it again this week, the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. You don't get very far before you run into a guy named Abram. Later, his name would be turned to Abraham. Well, this is what the Bible tells us about Abram in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, and he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his neighbor, nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. Okay, up until this point, Abram's life is going pretty well, right? He's pretty, doing pretty good for himself. He's wealthy. He's got a lot of livestock. Life is good. He's got a nice wife. I guess a good nephew, life seems to be good. No kids, but life seems to be good. But God comes to him and says, Abe, I've got great plans for you. I'm not done with you. I want you to leave this place where you have always lived and where you've prospered and moved to a new place where I'm going to show you. Did you notice in Genesis 12, when God comes to him, Abram is 75 years old some could argue that it's probably time for him to think about slowing down a little bit. Maybe buying a winter place in Florida, learning how to play shuffleboard, watching, you know, Wheel of Fortune and Matlock reruns. It might be that if a 75-year-old came up to you and said, you know, I want to move, I want to start a new life, I want to do something completely out of my comfort zone, we might say, you know, we better get you to the doctor. You're talking a little little crazy these days. Well, Abram wasn't crazy. He was 75. Can I just take a little tangent here? If you're closer to Abram's age than you'd care to admit, I've got news for you. Never once in Scripture do we see God asking people to retire from His service. There's no retirement plan in the Lord's army. But He does call us to re-enlist. And our seniors at Central Church, boy, oh boy, they have figured this out. Dr. Anthony may have retired from being a district superintendent, but he has not retired from being a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has re-enlisted, and he's such a great pastor, he's getting our seniors to re-enlist too. So our senior adults have been active in God's service. Many volunteer next door at the church at his ministry, and they've re- they volunteer all across the city of Flint. Have you received a mask? Some of our senior ladies are making them and seniors are distributing them. They're awesome. Well, Abram, 75, is given new marching orders from the Lord. And notice, God doesn't even tell him where he wants him to go. He just says, go. In Hebrews 11, the Bible tells us, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Carl and I, we've moved a few times, and, and I've told you about the, the last time where when we moved from, from Flint to Kansas City, and we were wondering about that, and we were in Walmart the night before we left, and I heard, who was it, Fats Domino singing, singing Kansas City, going to Kansas City, and that was kind of a confirmation of that move. But when God called us back from Kansas City to Flint, I don't know that anyone has written a song about moving back to Flint, And I certainly didn't hear it played in Walmart. And can I tell you, when God says to go, it's a little bit scary. You know, Lord, I don't know. We're leaving our boys behind. Are we sure? See, in spite of maybe doubts and worries and fears about being 75 and going to an unknown place, not knowing what God had in store, guess what Abraham does? He goes. He believed that God knew what he was doing, that God was bigger than himself. And so he left. He left everything he knew and he left his comfort zone in order to be obedient to God. What a great lesson in overcoming our fears. Just trust the Lord. Abram's story doesn't end in chapter 12. If you were to flip ahead a couple more, more pages to chapter 15, he's pushing 85 years old. And God comes to him and says really it's our key verse for the day don't be afraid abram i am your shield your very great reward oh i love that verse i am your shield i'll protect you i am your very great reward you're gonna win you follow me abram and you're gonna win i am your shield and your very great reward it's in genesis 15 i've preached it a million times but he and sarah are gonna have a baby and eventually they do. Old 100-year-old Abraham and 90-year-old Sarah have a baby. What's it like to change your first diaper at 100? Do they take Sarah to the maternity ward or the geriatric ward to have that baby? Was there prenatal vit- vitamins, geritol pills? I don't know. But Sarah has that baby, and they name him Isaac. Isaac means Laughter. Why would you name him Laughter? Because it's hilarious that God would have a 90-year-old lady and a 100-year-old Abraham having a baby. We don't have time to go into all the fears and worries that old Abraham and old Sarah must have had. But through it all repeatedly, the Bible tells us that Abraham was a man of great faith, placing faith over fear. He did not quit, didn't stop. He didn't let fear consume him. He simply trusted in God who is way, way bigger than himself. How do you face your fears with faith? Well, it begins by getting a view of God who is awesome and powerful and mighty. And get this, he has a plan for your life. Even in the midst of this coronavirus, like Abraham, we need to obediently follow him in spite of our fears. He's our shield, our very great reward. I believe that God has called all of us to look to Him, to face our fears in faith. That doesn't mean that life will always be easy, never fearful, always a piece of cake. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. It wasn't that way for Abraham. But you know what? It wasn't that way. It wasn't easy for Moses or Joshua or David or Jeremiah or any of the prophets. None of them had an easy road. It certainly wasn't easy for Jesus. Being obedient led Him to the cross. And even after Pentecost, oh my goodness, read the book of Acts. Old Dr. Luke does a pretty good job of painting a picture of Christians being beaten for their faith, persecuted for their faith, even killed for their faith, yet they would not renounce their faith. Why? They had a vision, a glimpse a glimpse of God Almighty who was bigger, bigger, bigger than their worries and their fears. And they overcame their circumstance. They overcame those fears. They weren't in denial. I mean, some of them had some big, hairy deals that were facing them. But they trusted in a God who was bigger than anything they were facing. That's our lesson for today. How to face our fears with faith, how to manage this coronavirus with faith, It's faith that God is bigger than our current circumstance. Let me tackle it this way. We have no idea how big the universe is. I have a confession. I was not an astronomy major at Olivet Nazarene University. I was a psychology major. Still, this is what we know. We have no idea how big the universe is. The farthest thing we earthlings have ever measured with the help of two telescopes, one in Hawaii, one in outer space, And the farthest distance we have ever measured is 13 billion light years away. A light year, by the way, is 5.88 trillion miles. So the farthest thing we've ever measured is 5.88 trillion miles times 13 billion. Now I have no idea what that number would be, it's a lot. I wasn't an astronomy major, I wasn't a math major, I was a psychology major. And the psychology major in me says, wow, Hearing that our universe is 5.88 trillion miles times 13 billion miles, that makes me feel kind of small. And somewhere in the, vast, in, this, in the middle of this vast, vast universe is a spiral galaxy called the Milky Way, which is made up of hundreds of millions of stars. And one of those hundreds of millions of stars is our sun. Compared to some of those other stars, it's kind of smallish. Our sun rotates around the center of the Milky Way once every 250 million years. And one of the planets circling our little sun, compared to some of the giant stars out there, there's this teeny tiny ball called planet Earth. Our little tiny ball of water and dirt, planet Earth, is only 8,000 miles in diameter. And it's orbiting this tiny star, the sun, on the outskirts of the milky way in the middle of this vast vast universe and you and i were just two of the 7.4 billion people on this tiny tiny planet again i was a psychology major not a math major not an astronomy major not an anthropology major but all of this makes me feel very very small why the astronomy lesson listen to this from the book of from the, from one of the psalms By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host, by the breath of his mouth, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Let the truth of those words sink in. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made their starry host, by the breath of his mouth. Every single thing in this 5.88 billion miles times 13 billion miles was was made by Almighty God. God didn't lift a finger to create this massive, mind-blowing, huge, vast, incredible universe. He did it without the aid of a a how-to-build-a-universe kit. He had no diagram, no blueprints, speaking, 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 and it came into existence. God is more massive than our wildest imagination. That's my point, bigger, bigger than the biggest words we have to describe him. And after an eternity of being God, he shows no signs of wear and tear, no dilemmas, no quandaries, no counselors, no shortages, no rivals, no fears, no cracks, no worries. He is self-existent, self-contained, self-perpetuated, self-powered, self-aware. In other words, he's God and he knows it. He has no needs God does whatever God wants. His purposes are a sure thing. There's no stopping him, no cutting him off at of the past, no short-circuiting his agenda. God is in control. God knows everything and everyone. There's not a bird flying on this tiny little planet perched on a tiny little branch that has escaped his vision. He could start with Adam and name every man, woman, child who's ever lived and tell you every tiny detail of their life. Nothing is hidden from him. He wrestles no mysteries. He doesn't have to wait for a polygraph test to decipher the truth. He has no equal, no peer, no competition. He is God Almighty. I wish we had a, a, a timpani set in here and Carla wasn't behind the camera and she could, she could say, when I said God Almighty, she could go boom, 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 boom on the timpani drums because it was, it's a powerful moment. God is God Almighty. And we can trust him. That's the good news this morning. That's not the end of the story. Though we are a mist, here today gone tomorrow a tiny little speck of dust in this vast enormous universe one of 7.4 billion people on this planet god has created you think about that in his image he has created you he has fashioned us with the ability to know him and here's the good news the really really good news he loves you don't hear anything else hear this Hey, buddy, who's trying not to listen to the sermon and your wife has, it on, has a service on the computer and you're trying not to, not to listen, you're pretending like you're not listening, listen to this. God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, loves you. Yes, you. And maybe you're worried and fearful about what's happening on this planet right now. God Almighty, who knows you, loves you, knows your worries and your fears, Maybe you got so angry for no reason at your spouse this week or your, or your parents last night. Maybe you're going a little stir crazy these days. Maybe you're just kind of extra cranky because you're cooped up in your house. Guess what? He still loves you. Maybe you feel like you've let somebody down. You've blown it more than once. Guess what? He still loves you. Maybe you're battling an addiction. Guess what? He still loves you. You are one of 7.4 billion people on this tiny planet on the outskirts of the Milky Way in the middle of this vast, vast universe. But God knows you, knows everything about you, knows your deep, dark secrets. And guess what? He still loves you. And if that isn't staggering enough for you, in spite of our fearfulness and foolishness and rebellion and lackadaisical take it or leave it type of attitude, God Almighty has pursued us. He pursued you. He's pursued me. Who am I? that God would pursue me. Are you kidding me? Rob Prince from Garden City, Michigan. Carla's husband, Alex and Ben's dad. Probably my greatest achievement was coming in second place in the Pinewood Derby in the third grade. I was the Rook champion at Olivet my sophomore year, but I cheated, and so I don't think that counts. True confessions. Still, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, pursued me, Rook cheater, (laughs) and far more greater sins than that, I can assure you. But God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, pursued me and he pursues you. God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, creator of this 5.88 trillion mile times 13 billion mile universe. No matter where you've been, what you've done, how fearful you may be feeling right now, God Almighty knows you, has been pursuing you. Why would he do that? Listen to another psalm. The Lord heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and he gives them all their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. The Lord, the one who has named the billions and billions of stars in our universe. His power is abundant. His understanding beyond measure. And yet... He heals you, binds your wounds, lifts up the downtrodden. I guess I agree with old Charles Wesley. He hit the nail on the head. He he wrote that song that you know what we sing it. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me? Are you kidding for me? Rob Prince, who caused his pain for me? I can't believe it for me who him to death pursued, amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? And how can it be that God would love even me? I'm telling you all of he does. Our God is bigger than our greatest fear. That's what I'm trying to point out. And God cares about what's going on in your life. That's what we're talking about this morning. How can I face my legitimate fears, coronavirus, COVID-19 worries about my finances, or my job, or my health, or my family, or my kids, or my parents, or my grandparents. Maybe they're in a nursing home. You can't go to see them these days. COVID-19 is a legitimate fear. But hear me. Our God is bigger, way bigger, able, more than able, to see us through this storm. How can I face my fears, my legitimate fears, full of faith, that's not faith in just anything. Not faith in faith, not faith in in my ingenuity, not faith in the government getting it right, not faith in some kind of uh, political parties, not faith in science, not faith in anything else. No, 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 I need to have faith. Faith in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Hear the psalmist one more time. Ah, there's so many great truths in the Psalms. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, since we serve a God who has created this massive universe and knows knows every star by their name and has pursued even me, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea and nations are in an uproar and kingdoms fall. In other words, Even when the worst of the worst of the worst happens, earth giving away, mountains falling into the sea, nations in uproars, kingdoms falling, when all is bad, what is our hope? Well, the end of that psalm, verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. Hear that one more time. The Lord Almighty is with us. If you're you're watching with somebody, if you're watching just with your dog, tell your dog, the Lord Almighty is with us. Our faith isn't just in faith alone. Our faith isn't in our ingenuity. Our faith is in God Almighty. The songwriter said it best. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He is my hope. How can I face my fears with faith? There is a God that knows me knows everything about me, is not repulsed by my path, past or revolted by my present, but still loves me, pursues me. And so my future, remember his words to Abraham, Genesis 15, one, I am your shield and your very great reward. My future is a very great reward. Jesus told a story in Luke 12 about a very successful man He was a great farmer and he had bumper, bumper, bumper crops. And Jesus says this, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Man, I've had a good year, no place to store them. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Woo-hoo, it's party time. I can live the good life now, this guy's thinking. Safe, secure, no worries. I've got all these crops, and I got big, big barns. No worries for me. Of course, Jesus knew the truth, the truth of Psalm 1811. I like the way the Living Bible reads it. It says this. says, The rich man thinks of his wealth as an impregnable defense. high wall of safety what a dreamer how true it is like the rich guy with the barns in jesus story he thought all of his security was was his faith i guess you could say was in his money his barns his accomplishment of course jesus knows what we know that life can change like that when a pandemic pandemic comes a virus that none of us heard of three week three months ago COVID-19 comes in and life changes just like that. Or when tragedy strikes, it doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. You trade every penny of it for the health of a sick child. That strong tower of money or security or fame or accolades that comes down awfully quick when things that money can't buy are facing you head on. So back to Jesus' story. After this guy builds all his bigger, bigger barns and eats, drinks, and v-mary, verse 20, Jesus says, but God said to him, you fool. I might not know a lot of things about a lot of things, but I know this. I don't ever want God Almighty to look at me and say, Rob, you big fool. We want God to say what? Well done, good and faithful servant, right? That's the goal. Well done, well done. But God looks at this guy with his big barns and his bumper crop, And he says, you're a fool. For this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. According to Forbes magazine, there are 2,153 billionaires in the world. And according to the Bible, all 2,153 billionaires will die one day. And they'll stand before a holy God, creator of heaven and earth, and they'll give an account of their life just like you and I and everyone who's not on that billionaire list. Every one of them, every one of us will stand before almighty God one day. And when you're facing all eternity, guess what? What's in your barns? It won't matter. Here on tiny planet Earth, when facing uh, real, huge, legitimate fear, money's no comfort. When you're staring down a battle, all the degrees that you have after your name, the accomplishments you've made, the accolades or the adoration of the crowd won't make a bit of difference. No, our hope, our faith, our future, it rests in God alone. My point, we're dealing with a giant... uh, crisis right now, the coronavirus, a situation that none of us have ever had to deal with. And we're staring in some ways at an uncertain future. But hear me, our God is big. We face our fears not on our own. We face our fears not with faith in ourselves. We face our fears with faith in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Paul wrote it far better than I ever could say it. He said this, not a Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul is saying God is big, really big, bigger than coronavirus bigger than any storm we might ever face, bigger than any fear we could ever have. He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or all we could imagine. Listen, God is not surprised by what's happening today. He wasn't caught off guard. Oh, my, I never saw that COVID-19 coming. Are you kidding me? He is God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth help us to put our trust in you, not in our bank accounts, not in our own ingenuity, not in in anything else, but our trust in you, the creator, the maker of heaven and earth. We know that you love us, Lord, and we want to serve you. Thank you. Thank you for the way you're working in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.